What's up, everybody? I am ex-NFLer, turned yogi, Eben Britton, your favorite podcast host. I gotta say, I'm feeling the love today, y'all. I appreciate you guys so much. Everything going down with hotboxing, shit is crazy out there. But you know what? The universe has its way. And I am here to just ride that wave. So, I appreciate you guys very much. This is an excellent episode I'm bringing y'all today. From the deep underground. This is some scary shit, y'all. Um, this, my guest on this episode today is Dr. Judy Mikovits. Dr. Judy is a molecular biologist. She is a complete badass warrior for the truth. Uh, way back when she discovered that bovine growth hormone was causing breast cancer in her studies. She's worked for a number of government institutions. She's worked for a number of pharmaceutical companies, I believe. One in particular called Upjohn, I believe that's what they are, or a bioceutical company, um, her new book, Plague of Corruption, which came out towards the end of 2019, is a fascinating read on her discoveries of a particular retrovirus. This is all about viruses, the corruption of, our, of the scientific establishment. This woman has been harassed, attacked. They've done everything they can to discredit her and her work. And yet she keeps speaking her truth. She is very powerful. Whatever it is you believe, I don't really care. I'm not here to change your ideas about the world and pharmaceutical companies and everything happening out there. But take it from someone who is not part of the mainstream media, who has a direct... Um, interest in, this is the mainstream media I'm talking about, has a direct interest in keeping you in a state of fear and a state of not being able to think for yourself. This episode might even get taken down, I'm not sure, um, by the big tech corporations. Big tech is in bed with pharmaceutical manufacturers and vaccine manufacturers, which is a problem so that we can't, we can no longer, we're in a state of it's very difficult to get accurate information about these things. And they're not to be taken lightly. I spent much of my life in a corporate sports environment in the NFL where I had a very intimate experience of pharmaceutical drugs, the practices therein, and what these things truly are. And it is all to be taken very seriously and mindfully. And it's important that we have all the information we can before we start popping pills and injecting ourselves with shit. So that's my stance on it. Um, I believe we should have all the information and we should be able to make a decision for ourselves. So let this podcast expand your horizons, expand your understanding of the scientific and medical realms. Lots of love to you guys. Man, 
I hope you find your fucking power today, baby. Be in it. The world needs you. Smile. Pull that mask down. Let your smile shine. If you're wearing a mask. Okay. For fantastic fungi, head over to wake.net. Use code EBBENFLOW for 10% off and free shipping on your next order. They have fantastic products. Lion's Mane, Cordyceps, Reishi, Turkey Tail. Great for the immune system, the nervous system, every system of your body. Lots of love to you guys. Enjoy this episode. I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. Dr. Judy, welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. It's so great to have you. Um, I, I feel so grateful to be having a conversation with you. And you're such a warrior and you're such a badass for the truth and integrity and science and the medical establishment. And I'm so excited to dive in. I think it would be best to start this conversation because there is so much to download here. Uh, give, give me, give us your, a little taste of your background and your expertise. Uh, yeah, I have, um, essentially 40 years in science, starting with my graduation from the university of Virginia with a degree in chemistry, uh, May 18th, 1980. And my first job as a laboratory technician at the National Cancer Institute, I started June 10th of 1980, just a few weeks later. And my job was to purify interferon, which was then thought to be a magic bullet for cancer. Um, so that was that led into my journey as a natural products chemist, purifying plants, um, various um, therapeutics, drugs from plants, biological response modifiers from your own body in order to help yourself. We did an awful lot then in 1983, I joined the um, there at the National Cancer Institute, uh, the, it's called the Biological Response Modifiers Program. So this was a translational research and treatment program um, with MDs, PhDs, you know, people like me, technicians background, and, and their job was to look at the most difficult of cancers um, and, and HIV AIDS before there was an HIV associated with the acquired immune deficiencies. So we were seeing young men, healthy young men um, come in with these very bizarre diseases um, like Kaposi sarcoma and other things that infections that, that people simply don't get in developed countries. And that really started my journey and understanding how um, the immune system's response to viruses. So um, my, from my training as a biological chemist, 
I, I went on during that I, almost a decade working as a, as a technician before in 1987, I started my PhD thesis work at George Washington University. Um, and it was, um, you know, and that's about a 50 mile drive from Frederick, Maryland, where the National Cancer Institute was. Um, and so I was, I was there um, with the idea that, um, you know, the drugs that they were using in HIV weren't working because they were targeting the wrong part of the immune response. They mm. were waiting too late. They weren't preventing, they weren't strengthening the immune system and helping um, the immune system so that the virus never takes take, took hold. So um, in my, at the time, it was the T cells, the, the, the adaptive immune response, which was the T cells were getting killed by the virus. And yet only one in 10,000 T cells was shown to be infected by the virus. And that was called by the medical establishment bystander effects. And I'm like, well, that's a really scientific, stupid term. Um, it's not scientific at all. And, it, it, and it's stupid, really. And I said, there's got to be another shooter. There's got to be another cell in the immune system. And that was my, my thesis defense, and it, and it came out that it's not the presence of a virus, but the expression. And if you can keep the virus dormant and you keep the innate immune response strong, it was the monocyte macrophage, which doesn't matter you know, to this audience. It's just part of your very frontline defenses um, to, to viruses were that type one interferon pathway, that very interferon, my, the magic bullet against cancer turned out to be and would have been a magic bullet against um, viral infections associated with cancer and other kinds of acquired immune deficiencies, autoimmunity, which is an acquired immune deficiency because you don't attack yourself if you recognize the difference between self and non-self. And so my PhD thesis defense was defend, I defended it November 14th, 1991. What's hmm. significant about that? Well, Magic Johnson was reported in the USA Today right there in Washington that on November 7th, 1991, he was declared to have been made, uh, had an antibody. He tested positive for HIV. So everybody in the world, I think you might remember that yeah. day, um, everybody in the world was like, well, oh, my God, will Magic Johnson die of AIDS? Mm -hmm. You know, this is Magic Johnson. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm from Michigan and I'm a real sports fan, as you know. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, and and so the, my thesis committee said, based on the molecular biology, because my PhD is in biochemistry and molecular biology at the cellular level and the molecular level, what are those cells shooting? What are the cytokines, this whole cytokines mm. form we're hearing about? And I'm using words that your audience knows about right now because it matters in COVID and testing and everything we're seeing right now that, you know, will Magic Johnson die of AIDS? based on your thesis and my thesis, which I had done, um, you know, in, at, in people and looked at the latency, the dormancy in the monocyte macrophage. And then what, what things woke it up? What, what stressors, what molecules, what woke the virus up and damaged the cell? Because it's not the presence of the virus. It's the expression of the virus, even mm -hmm. HIV, even Ebola. So, um, of course, at the molecular level, I drew on a blackboard for a couple of hours and said he won't die, but he has to change everything. 
You weren't treating early. You waited till the immune system got crippled. You waited till the CD4 T cells, and people will understand this language, got below 200. But by that time, your, your immune system is so wracked with, with damage from the immune system's attempt to clear the virus. And it does more damage than good if it can't, you know, if it can't work properly, if you let it ravage the immune system. So I said, you know, it's going to take some heroism on his part. He needs to be brave and step up and say, no, I'm going to change the paradigm. And, and I think your, your audience can look. Um, there's a doctor named David Ho, because I'm a PhD, not an MD. So we make drugs, we make therapies, we do the research, we don't do the treatment. Mm -hmm. So David Ho knew of our work, of course, because he's in the field as an MD, and he was at New York. And so, you know, again, um, Magic Doc got great doctors, and they basically changed everything. So he was one one of the first that treated early, we were told these were dangerous drugs. They didn't, um, they weren't, um, they, they were, don't take them. And, and I'm saying that because of what we're hearing now with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin mm. D, you keep your immune system strong. It's not the presence of the virus. It's the expression of the virus and it matters to everything. So from 1991 on, I, I, I went on to lead the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms in 1999. My postdoctoral work, I did a lot of work isolating Ebola and other viruses, RNA viruses, deadly viruses, and understanding what was the deadly immune response, because we know there are strain differences. Coronaviruses are the common cold. So mm. there are strain differences. What makes this virus more deadly? It's not the virus. It's the immune response to the virus in the vulnerable populations. Mm. So how do you keep yourself strong and not vulnerable? And we all know today, um, you know, one of those things is steroids. So Magic Johnson has been on steroids. His face looks puffy, you know, every time I see him, but he never got AIDS. And I bet if they look today, I don't know if he's been on the on the antiretroviral therapies, um, which we see on TV now as pre-exposure prophylaxis. Let's keep you well. There, it's called PrEP and things like that. You could see it on TV in the HIV positive community because, you know, a virus doesn't know if you're a gay man, an IV drug user, a prostitute, a black man, a white man. A virus doesn't know that. A virus only interacts with your immune system in the immune system of the host. You're the host or the animal's the host. You know, how do you stay healthy when exposed? And then that's critical to today because, of course, mm. everything about COVID-19, meaning the disease, coronavirus infectious disease, if you want to call it that, um, um, what you know COVID, COVID is not the disease is not the virus mm. the disease is that bad immune response to the virus too much immune system too much keeping the flame on and and so it's the disease has been driven by the lies of the scientists just like from 1980 to 1991, and even later, the height of HIV AIDS in the United States of America 
was um, 1991, right around that time. And at that time, it was only a million people. And when it was found that the virus was transmitted through a contaminated blood supply and contaminated later contaminated vaccines, because what do monkeys have? They have a simian immune deficiency virus. We 8% of our, our body's genetic code is disabled, crippled viruses. And they're there for a reason, put there by God, literally in Genesis, in the garden you know, of Eden. <laughs> All animals right there, according to its kind. We didn't evolve in the ejection. We didn't evolve. There's no data to support that. And even Darwin said, if you support the genetic code and somebody shows the complexity, which of course, um, uh, uh, Watson and Crick won the Nobel Prize in 1953 or so. I don't remember exactly when. Mm. I wasn't born yet. But so this is my journey all the way up to today. So I led the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms in 1999 um, through 2001. And then I moved to industry when I got married in California, decided it was nicer by the beach than um, Frederick, Maryland. I moved to industry and I worked for a company called Epigenics Pharmaceuticals. And so it was a small company that was um, that was intended. It's not the expression. Epigenetics is the expression of your genes. It's mm. not the presence of your genes because every single blue cell in our body has the same genome. What mm. determines what makes an eye cell, what makes a nose, a mustache, your immune system work? That's the expression of our genes. And mm. not, we learned after the genome was sequenced, I believe around 2005, that 99% of our genome was regulated. Regulatory. And it's key today, meaning the messenger and the micro RNA. It's the RNA. So we go from DNA in humans to RNA to protein. That's the central dogma of molecular biology. So that mm -hmm. my PhD is in molecular biology and biochemistry. So what determines when the DNA is made into messenger RNA and then translated into protein. Well, most of the genome is regulatory and we used to call it junk DNA because oh. it's just there like that 8% of the silenced viruses. Well, you don't inject other viruses from other animals as in our viral vaccines over 50 years. And this was the inconvenient truth of our first book, Plague. We discovered a new family of human retroviruses called mouse. Get, they were from, they came, got into humans by from mice. Oh. And so, and so our paper was published in with great fanfare in the journal science, arguably one, at the time, one of the number one journals in the world, but, over the next two years, we realized a contaminated blood supply all the way back from the 80s, that virus was in the blood supply at the same time HIV was. Mm -hmm. So it, and it caused or was associated with neuroimmune diseases, brain diseases, trauma, PTSD, and, and trauma to the brain like an athlete um, and, and athlete under stress, oxidative stress, breathing hard, running, using your mitochondria will drive the expression of viruses in a not good way. So, you know, athletes are heavy. And so it was it was learned in 2011 that the blood supply had been contaminated 
for 30 years with the mouse viruses and the most likely way they got into humans was contaminated vaccines because we made essentially all our biological response modifiers from the 80s on from mouse, mouse monoclonal antibodies. So immune therapies, which is what a vaccine is, um, you know, a lot of them were made from mouse tissue. And we realized injecting the mouse tissue, not a good thing. So the polio vaccines as chapter five of plague shows have been contaminated since the 1930s when we weaken the polio virus by passing it through mouse brains. What mm. you do is pick up a dormant virus from is a that, mouse. Is that XMRV? Correct. Okay. And that, that means xenotropic, it's foreign. Xeno means foreign. It's in a human and it's not in a mouse. And XMRV means murine leukemia virus. So it was a, it was a family of viruses related to mouse cancer-causing viruses. So the big discovery in 2011, as our work evolved from that publication, October 8th of 2009, the government realized, Tony Fauci, all the, all the bad guys realized that, oh my God, 1 million was the height of HIV in 1991. This was 25 times this because they had ignored people with chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. You're just lazy. You're just tired. In America, you couldn't do that. And, and it's a molecular reaction. It's that same cytokine storm. Your mitochondria, the energy producing powerhouses in your cell, they're, they're most prominent in your brain, your muscles, and your heart. Well, if you're an athlete or somebody and you're running marathons and your muscles use that, your brainy no worky and the last thing to go is your heart and it stops. And we see athletes dying of cardiac arrest. We knew back from HIV AIDS, um, you know, I, I believe it was Lyle Alzado and some other yeah. football players got brain tumors. So very much associated with cancers, autoimmunity. Think about Lou Gehrig's disease and the New Orleans player, you know, young men getting cancers. Think about college athletes. We watch yes. the football game and things like this. And 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 so for me, the reason, you know, to talk to athletes and I've, I've been really passionate about it is because just like back in the 80s, you know, think about Magic Johnson. You know, they they went out on the feet uh, on the players feet. If anybody was bleeding, you know, you might spread a disease. You're somehow dirty. And mm. now we all have to wear masks mm. and Magic Johnson. You know, if you're not sick and you're running around you're not spreading HIV. But these mouse xenotropic cancer-causing viruses are spread through coughing in the air. They're literally contagious cancer. And so the government realized 25 times HIV AIDS in 2011. So what did they do? They decided to destroy Judy Mikevitz's career because I wouldn't back down. And I kept saying it, nope, show me the data. And, and our data have never ever been refuted. The only thing they say is she couldn't replicate her findings. Well, the replication they wanted was associate the virus with chronic fatigue syndrome. 
and yet they didn't use the right patients. They wouldn't use the patients we isolated it from. And Tony Fauci directed that fraudulent study that was published in 2012. But we know from 2001, when MMR was associated with an increased risk of getting um, MMR's three RNA viruses vaccines, and it's grown in animal cell lines, and that vaccine was carrying other viruses, including XMRVs. And if black boys got that vaccine before they were three years old, they had a fourfold, two to fourfold more risk of getting autism, neurodevelopmental diseases, cancers, aggressive cancers, prostate and breast in, breast in women um, than, than whites. And so now we're looking at COVID where we're being lied to the disease, not the virus. The virus has never been associated, never been shown to be isolated from a human, totally sequenced, the one they're telling us, and shown to infect another human or other human cells in a lab. They just, mm. they simply can't do it because what they're doing is they're taking it out of a human and putting it back on the monkey cells. It's a monkey virus. And what when you put it on the monkey cells and you've spit or taken a lung lavage fluid from your lungs and tissue, how do you know the virus came from the human and not the monkey? Because the monkey one is the one that's been characterized in sequence. So all of all of the world is being lied to by mm. Tony Fauci, just as all of the world was lied to with Magic Johnson and things like that. Oh, you're, you know, and, and they took away freedoms. They took away rights. They continue to do that to the black athletes, the athletes of color. It were, it's the, the genetics we appreciate are from the immune response. You know, a virus doesn't know if you're a black man, a white man, an IV drug user, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. What it does know is your immune system. And we all have different microbiomes and, and, and that's that regulate that gene expression I talked about that regulate that virome. So the last thing you do is one size fit all vaccines. So the day mm. I learned it was evil was when I learned that, in, and I learned it um, August 31st of 2014, when that first book was in press, I met William Thompson, I met Brian Hooker, who had dogged William Dr. Brian Hooker, you know, through freedom of information to get the CDC and to admit they covered up the fact for more than 20 years that Blacks were more Black boys if given the vaccine before three, because they don't have the detox. Remember, those macrophages what do they do they're like little pac-man mm. that was the cells i showed were key to hiv disease well they're key to all rna virus diseases and if you can't chew up the viruses fast enough you get sick mm. and and this is because they get into your blood and they get into your system and they do all that tissue damage so this is i mean and and so really for more than 20 years they covered up that fact and the simple purest evil thing. The, the day I learned that it was a plague of corruption, why we wrote that this now New York Times selling book, a plague of corruption that published April 14th of this year, of last year, 2020. Um, and the plague of corruption started with the day I saw, you mean all you had to do was wait until Blacks were three years old instead of 18 months old and you could have changed millions of lives. 
and you knew that, you don't have to know the molecular mechanism, although we did. We did because we worked in the Cancer Institute and we knew biomarkers, molecular markers of why black men and women can sometimes get more aggressive prostate and breast cancers. And it relates to viruses, those very retroviruses, things like, you know, everybody didn't get brain tumors. Lyle Alzado was, what was he? Hispanic. You know, so you have to understand the immune system in the genetics and um, and the and the ability to gobble up the viruses and degrade them and respond. And 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 simply the government lied and didn't want to. And they didn't care if millions of American families from 2001 to present. They and we knew this. Mm. We knew this all the way back in 2001 and the government covered it up. So my frustration is that's happening right now with the masks. Athletes cannot wear a mask. We, that's our third book, this book that we wrote and that came out August 18th of this year. It's, you know, it takes maybe an hour to read. Mm. And only, normally our books, Kent Heckin Lively is a sixth grade science teacher and an attorney by training. So uh-huh. So he translates the legal of these, and most of our books are sixth grade science, as you know, from Plague of Corruption, reading that. Well, this book, which came out August 18th of this year, was published, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited, um, is second grade, and it's colored with little pictures so that every, every chapter starts with a picture so that everybody can understand that human beings don't breathe carbon dioxide, and their mitochondria don't produce energy that way. They breathe oxygen. And so the cover of the book is the Statue of Liberty in horror. As our freedoms (laughs) are being taken away, our very right to breathe air. So you don't, if you're a professional athlete right now, and it, it, I mean, it literally kills me to Mm, watch. And I love sports, as you know, from our book, I I grew up playing everything. And and it, it grieves me to see um, the, the racism of knowing, yeah, of knowing that blacks will be injured more and by the mask use. There's no way they should go sit on the side like that blue paper mask is sprayed with Teflon, toxic PFOEs, uh, um, the, the things that come out of plastics and as well as fluoride from Teflon. So you're working as hard as you can, your muscles, yeah. You've been injected with more vaccines than anybody, the military, the, the um, first pro athletes, me, pro athletes. Yeah. You're used as human pin cushions in experiment. And then yeah. they put that in. And I see players. I saw, um, I, I think he was like 58 years old, a defense yeah, guy. Kevin Green. Died, just died last week. Yeah. You know, Kevin Green. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is, is he wearing a mask? You know, was he wearing Probably. a mask? Was, was he coaching? You know, you can drop dead of a heart attack mm. with the mask. And and they'll just say, oh, he just dropped dead. Right. And, and so this is why I'm talking to you and, and talking, 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 because this book is so heavily censored. This is the only copy I have. And even I can't buy it. And I wrote it. And, and Amazon won't sell it. Barnes and Noble will sell it, but you have to order it. You know, as New York Times best-selling authors, airports, um, all stores are required to put the New York Times bestsellers on their front tables. Not us. You know why? 
You know, who stops that? Oh, we're, you know, this is all science. Not one bit of this is anything other than public stu- published studies. I show both sides. It quotes Tony Fauci. You don't mm-hmm. wear a mask. Uh-uh, healthy people don't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. That only makes the healthy people sick. Yeah. It abs- We don't breathe CO2. We're worried about global warming. Why? Because we're running out of plants and they're the ones that metabolize CO2, mm-hmm. not us. Mm-hmm. They, pour, they give us oxygen from CO2. We breathe oxygen. We breathe in the atmospheric oxygen is 21.9%. And, and we breathe in 21.9 and out 16. Mm. We breathe in. Yeah. Where did the 5% go? Running all your mitochondria, producing energy for your brain, oxygen for your heart, metabolizing your food, um, mm. and running your, your muscles. And so you breathe in point. carbon dioxide. You breathe out 4%. So it's the carbon dioxide that's toxic. You know, athletes train at high altitude in order to get used to low oxygen. Mm. But athletes don't, cannot deal with breathing toxic. So you breathe out 4% and 10% will cause you to pass out. And could cause somebody susceptible, like an athlete who's taken a pounding, because that trauma on your head translates the same way as the needle. It translates Mm. into a cytokine storm. So athletes almost always have an underlying brain inflammation and muscle inflammation. And um, and 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 again, it's I'm trying to wake up, you know, the NFL and anybody else, NBA and the players themselves. Please look at the data. Yeah. See if we can, you know, look at the real data. You know, don't say, oh, that Judy Mikovich, she was discredited. Right. Credited is not disproven. Well, I think that that in itself to me begs the question of why, you know, why does a person like yourself who is so highly decorated, so accomplished in your field, why does an establishment make such a point to discredit you, to completely harass you and disrupt your life and your livelihood? It to me, that's a bigger question. Why, if, if you're just some kook who's talking nonsense, why not just leave you alone? Right. Unless they're threatened by the information you're giving, you know? And, uh, yeah, the, the mass thing, it pains me that when I see photos of athletes, both pro football players, you know, my brothers from the NFL, uh, college football players, NBA players training with masks on. Oh, it's horrible. Just intuitively to me as an as a lifetime athlete, intuitively I'm I'm horrified by it. Walking around, you know, when this whole thing started, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll I'll play this game. We'll see how this goes. I'll do what I I'll do my best. And wearing a mask for literally 30 seconds, I all of a sudden there's that that buildup of condensation, right? That heat that restriction of the natural flow of oxygen. And I'm thinking to myself, this is horrible. This is not healthy at all. We no. shouldn't be, um, you know, cause the mask, first of all, I've seen enough conflicting enough evidence to say that the masks do nothing to prevent inhalation of a virus molecule. 
Uh, Absolutely not. It's like a chain links fence stopping right, the mosquito. Right, right. And what uh, they do do is they concentrate other pathogens. Right, right. That we're breathing out. We're breathing out all of these metabolites that we're getting rid of. Our body is working so hard to get rid of, and it's just the mask is catching that. And then we're inhaling that more and more. And that, to me, that just intuitively, I'm like, that can't be healthy. Right. That can only make matters worse. Um, right. And it's Judy, not healthy. Yeah. And you said so much. I'd like to get uh, talk a little bit more about the mass in a second. But, you know, you said so much in there. I think it's really important if you could. Can you explain what a virus is? Because I feel like there's this. There's this idea that a virus is a bug that is in you, that is in people, that gets transmitted through basically, at this point, any means possible. You know, at home in LA, I'll be walking around my neighborhood in fresh air and I'll see people wearing masks and we're outside in the fresh air and you're, you're more than... 20 yards away from me and even like someone will have their mask pulled down and as they they're 100 yards from me coming towards me and they'll put their mask on as if somehow we can transmit the virus this way can we talk about what is a virus like what is it well it's it's really just there are many different kinds of viruses but they're really just you know blueprints pieces of dna and rna they're they're um and and they they infect they must live in a host they mm. do not live without an animal human plant cell there are plant viruses animal viruses human viruses you as i mentioned eight percent of our genome are ancient viruses and Mm. it's their expression not their presence which leads to disease so the virus just like a human being is really just a blueprint of dna a sperm and an egg meeting and then the dna from mom and dad get transcribed and translated into protein and into a being that you grow. Mm. Well, a virus is what we call an obligate parasite. Mm. And and every single one of them must have a cell to live in or they die. So um, the virus uses all of your cell machinery. It's RNA is, so let's just talk, it's it's difficult because, you know, there are retroviruses, there are DNA viruses, there are uh-huh. RNA viruses, but all viruses, they don't live in the air. They don't uh-huh. live on surfaces. They, as you just mentioned, they don't float through the air. You know, there's no way. And this is this is why all of these lies, because, you know, Tony Fauci knows this. The World Health Organization knows this. It's the immune response to the virus. Mm. It's keep it from seeding in a human. You certainly don't inject animal viruses in vaccines, which is what we're doing. Every animal has a genome that has crippled viruses. Every animal has, they're called obligate parasites because you live together and they need your cells. So they don't want to kill you. Viruses don't want to kill the host. Because they, they need they, you. Because they need you. You don't have a virus if it kills you. It, it, <laughs> it, is, it becomes extinct like the human being. So one more time, just to clarify, Judy, what kills a person is the immune response 
to the virus. It's the hyperactive immune response to the virus or the dysregulated immune response. That's what AIDS means. Uh It means acquired immune deficiency or dysfunction. So Mm -hmm. it's acquired. How? Well, the infection takes hold. And that's why we discussed the whole thing long about Magic Johnson, because in fact, um, you know, If the virus doesn't take hold and he doesn't allow it to replicate unchecked in the body, then nobody gets sick. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so, that's so profound and it's just not what anybody's hearing from the news. It's not what anybody's hearing, but in fact, just as you see, the reality is, you know, that, you know, never before. And that's why I mentioned all of that other stuff. I've, I've worked directly with AIDS patients, isolating the virus directly. You don't put on a mask. Why? You don't want to suppress your immune system and make yourself sick. So the mask, I see signs here that says, my mask protects me and your mask, I mean you and your mask protects me. Well, that's just plain stupid. Both masks make people sick. Your mask makes you sick and my mask makes me sick and nothing stops the virus from transmitting from through the mask. I mean, a particle physicist, PhD friend of mine said, oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Those particles can go. So if you make yourself sick, as you said, in only a few breaths in that mask, as you're breathing really hard as an athlete running down the football, you you you're 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 coughing you're breathing you're you're depleting your immune system and you're spreading the virus Mm. yeah yeah um something i thought was so interesting from your book plague of corruption and for everyone listening to this i highly recommend you dive into judy's books plague of corruption plague the the predecessor to that book and the case against mass. There's so much incredible information in there. I can't say enough about it. Um, you know, as a pro athlete, as someone who, like you said, I was in the medical system, this pharmaceutical medical paradigm that exists. And I had a very firsthand experience of understanding these protocols that are used in a professional football locker room in a professional training room. And it's very boilerplate. And, um, you know, to me, it seems as though our doctors are doing the best they can, but it doesn't seem to me that they have much room for creativity or intuitive understanding or intuitive processing. And so, I have seen firsthand the failings of our medical system and the failings of our current medical establishment. Uh, And I think it's really important for people because in social media, on the news, out there in the world, people have this blind faith in our doctors and the medical system, even in pharmaceutical companies. And there's this thought that these people are here to protect us. These people are here for the sake of us, for our well-being. And it's just simply not true. Perhaps from a mission-oriented uh, place, that may be true on the individual level. But from the systematic level, it's just not true. Um, you know, the medical system, unfortunately, is 
is built to put band-aids on things and not treat the source of issues. Uh, Correct. In your book, and they want to keep you sick. Right. They so make money they on you being sick. They make yeah, money. They're basically, it's chemical whores. And that's what you <laughs> see from, that's what Tony Fauci is, a chemical whore. So just like all the way back in 1980s, there were therapies that would have cured HIV right then and there and stopped the spread. And what did they do? They prevented people from using those therapies early and scared them into getting sicker and spreading the virus. And that's exactly what they're doing now. And they're going to call it all COVID-19 and it has nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2. So going back to that, what is a virus? You have to isolate the virus from a human with the disease, transmit it to another human, and show it causes the same disease. Right. To be a positive agent, every person with the virus must have the disease. Mm. We know that's not true. 99.8% of the people with this so-called PCR positive test, which is not a diagnostic. So again, you're using a test that's not a diagnostic. You're forcing people into masks, waking up their dormant viruses. And you're going to test positive because every flu vaccine has a lot of coronaviruses. Mm. Every human being from the time they're a little kid, the coronaviruses are common cold viruses. Mm. We're all exposed to them. So if you express a common cold virus, it's not the, the piece of the, of the virus that is being tested for in this PCR. It's a fragment of the blueprint of the nucleic acid I just mentioned, mm. the RNA. It's not a whole virus with a particle that infects through the air. That's not what it is at all. So a case is not a person with a PCR positive test because mm. one of the viruses that's in the envelope of the, the, the so the envelope, um, these viruses are envelope viruses. So they take your cell membrane and they bud out of them. And those and and most of that is your own cholesterol and your membranes. And those little spike proteins are the only thing the viral RNA encodes. That's its codes. Well, if they don't have the envelope to hold the spike proteins that come from your cells, then they don't have anything. And one of the things in this virus is a is a, a your own virome, the expression of something called human endogenous virus W. The protein is called syncytin. Well, that and GP120, HIV and um, surface protein is also in SARS-CoV-2, which we already know is a weaponized virus that, that's been built in the labs. And we've proven that. That came out of the bat tissues and the monkey cells. Mm. Um, and, and that's that's well known. But the fact is, this virus has never, SARS-CoV-2, has never been isolated from a human who is sick uh-huh. and in its entirety and shown to be budding from human cells, not monkey cells, because the monkeys have coronaviruses. The mm. monkey cell line is the cell line we make our polio vaccines in. So how did HIV's ancestors, simian immune deficiency virus, and SV40, which is another cancer-causing, not a retrovirus virus, you know, how were they transmitted into humans? 
from the from vaccines, from polio mm. vaccines. Oh so God. these diseases have been going up and up and up since we got, you know, since we keep hammering kids, you know, infants with vaccines. Yeah. More and more and more and more. And every year they get dirtier because the cell lines have been used in the lab for, for four or five decades. And they're mm. contaminated with all kinds of other animal viruses because we work with them. In mm. the middle of the 90s, as I was saying, I was isolating bat Ebola into Vero monkey kidney cells. Mm. Well, how do, what is our polio vaccine? The manufacturing plant is a continuously growing cell line. You can't make a viral vaccine without an, a cell. That's what we're talking about. Without, So what do they use? They use monkey cells. They use dog cells for some of the flu vaccines. They use chicken cells, chicken eggs for your flu vaccines. They all carry coronaviruses and retroviruses. So you're injecting the blueprint of the viruses. That's why I say it's infection by injection. Right. People aren't transmitting this. And what did, what did Tony Fauci do? What did the powers that be worldwide do? Get a flu shot and wear a mask. Well, you just gave yourself COVID. (laughs) Nobody else gave you COVID. You did. You were dumb enough to get a flu shot and wear a mask. Yeah. and, and, And it's been happening for decades, as you know, from our book, Plague of Corruption. Any scientist that dares speak about it ends up either dead or like me, their career destroyed. Right. They don't want you to know the truth. It was amazing to me. There's, there's, I mean, Judy, we could, I, I want to talk to you all day about this. Um, it was amazing to me first. The, I don't know which to hit first, but I know we can get to all of it. It was first a comment. I, it was mind blowing to me and I've already known this through my own experience um, researching holistic health and holistic medicine and um it was amazing to me in your book when you talk about how many doctors you know personally who have ended up dead under very mysterious circumstances called a suicide in literally impossible suicidal terms. Um, and just to people who were not of, you know, of concern as far as being someone who, you know, lived with suicidal ideation, et cetera. People doing very, very deep work, very truth and integrity oriented work in medicine and science. So that was, that was really mind blowing to me to hear your experience with that. And, and God bless you, Judy, uh, you know, may the universe and God shield you in a light bubble because we need you here. We need you so badly, so desperately in this time. Second thing I want to talk about, well, then I want to ask you, because vaccine information is so disrupted. It's so disrupted. I I look on social media all the time when there's anything about vaccines. There are so many people commenting about how the idea that there's animal DNA and animal proteins used to make vaccines and all of these other things and heavy metals in them as well, that's all propaganda. That's not true. Can you talk about what, if someone needs to get real vaccine information, 
Not to mention the first step of if you're going to your doctor and you have a child and the doctor's saying, um, hey, we want to give your child this, 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 and this vaccine today. Ask the doctor, well, let me look at the inserts first. Let me see the, the actual ingredients of this vaccine. What to look out for there? How do we get real solid information on vaccines? Because once again, someone who is a believer in the medical establishment right now might say, oh, Dr. Judy, she's, she's been discredited and she's just talking the propagandic nonsense about vaccines and what's in them. But this is real. This is true. This is the ingredients that you're discussing. This is what vaccines are made of. MRC5, um, the, what is the, there's a, a human, even human aborted fetal tissue in there from decades ago from a young boy, young boy's fetus that I read about uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, can you talk about that? And how does someone go about getting real information about what's in a vaccine? Because I feel, you know, just to cap that off, I feel like so many people think it's a vaccine. You get it. It works. It protects you from the virus. It's a trivial thing. Why are we even having a discussion about it? Anyone who, who uh, says otherwise is deemed an anti-vaxxer, which to me if being an anti-vaxxer means I'm skeptical of being injected with animal tissues and heavy metals that, you know, people spend lifetimes detoxing themselves from heavy metals and all of these toxic products. Why am I going to willfully get injected with it to do something that may or may or may not even happen to me? I'm even skeptical of the science behind the efficacy of vaccines because it doesn't seem to me that there isn't. How do you test, how do you find that a vaccine works in eight or nine months like they've done with this new COVID vaccine? How can you even tell that it does anything? That's my, my question, just intuitively. It doesn't make any sense to me mathematically. You can't, there's no way in hell you've proven that this vaccine does anything against the thing that we're trying to eradicate or protect people from. So if you could comment on that, I think that would be really helpful for people. That's that's absolutely right. And this is what I was saying in our movie, PlandemicSeries.com. So in the first part of Plandemic, which came out May 4th, um, and again, our book, Plague of Corruption, came out April 20th, but it was written between 2016 and 2019. So that was long before COVID. So why does it read like prophecy? Right. It reads like prophecy because, in fact, what we've been discovering is vaccines don't work. And when I said work, that means does the immunization, does the injection give you lifelong immunity like a natural infection does? And the answer is there's not a single vaccine on the market where the, the vaccine itself gives you lifelong immunity. So what that, you know, so for instance, let's, let's talk about measles because kind of all of this started as we've started taking away people's rights. Oh, you know, vaccines are safe and effective and anything, everybody, anybody that says differently is crazy. Well, I want to remind you, I spent my whole life on a single theory 
That is that you could educate the immune system to prevent and treat chronic disease and infectious disease. That viruses I started with 1980 was the interferon. That's an antiviral protein, a key antiviral family of proteins in your innate, your very frontline defenses at mucosal surfaces, in your gut, in your nose. You know, what does a mask do? Deplete, deplete that. So there's that. So I, you can't call me anti-vax. I pioneered most of the immune therapies. Immune therapies are what vaccines should be. They should be teaching your immune system how when it sees the virus the next time, you don't get as sick. So, or you, or you have lifelong immunity, meaning, and you prevent the spread of infection. Now, what happens from a natural, what do we know from 1962, from 50 years, almost 50 years of measles vaccines? Well, and, and when in fact they don't work, they don't give you lifelong immunity. Why do I know that? Well, what do we have in the vaccinated? So now we have two or three generations, let's just call it two 20 year olds who never saw a natural measles infection. Never did. I did. I had a very severe case of measles that got me a whole week off of school. And, and, and what we learn from that is that, yes, it, it can be very dangerous. I mean, in fact, light and sound sensitivities from that infection, but I developed a very strong immune response. And now if I'm ever exposed to measles in any way, even vaccine strain measles, I will make an antibody just like that. And I will never get any kind of sick. I, it will clear the measles, the antibody binds, it clears it from the system, and I'll prevent anybody else from transmitting. Now, what happened to the vaccinated? Well, the vaccinated with measles, vaccines, two generations, they don't make antibodies at all. They're what we call allergic. Even if given the vaccine, I will make antibodies from the vaccine. They won't. And so now we have a huge problem. Why were there outbreaks in Disneyland and different places around the world? It was the vaccinated because they're allergic. They don't make an immune response. Their immune system won't work. And we don't understand the molecular biology or behind it. But the fact is all the, the vaccine strain was what was spreading around. So you go spin forward to COVID-19, this vaccine. It's not even intended to prevent transmission. It, and, and in fact, the, several of the people who've been vaccinated are getting infected because it's doing, it's crippling the immune system. You're expressing into every cell in the body the very pathogenic, the spike proteins the XMRV, the gamma retrovirus envelope that every human has. So when you express a, an animal gamma retrovirus envelope, you're going to have an autoimmune reaction that could kill you. Mm. It's also in what's called a lipid nanoparticle that has something called polyethylene glycol. 70% of Americans have, will, will develop an anaphylactic, an allergic reaction that could be deadly to PEG. And it's in the particle. The particle, because remember, our cells is where the spike proteins come out. Well, they 
they just put the blueprint for the virus, for the pathogenic part of the virus, not the whole virus, just the GP, the HIV part, the ACE2 part, and the gamma retrovirus part. That's the deadly part. And you've injected it. You don't need an infection if you've injected it. So you're going to dysregulate the entire immune system. And all the studies that said it's safe and it works were designed to do is make you cough two times instead of four times. So it becomes deadlier because you think you're protected and you're spreading the viruses that are waking up from influenza to, you know, it doesn't have to be coronaviruses. And no data supports that COVID-19 is coronavirus. In fact, it's influenza, it's other upper respiratory infections. So we call them every year, the CDC calls them P, pneumonia, and influenza of all kinds is the flu season. Well, this year they tucked in there coronavirus. So now it's called PIC. Mm. So all of those things are the flu season. So the coronavirus eradicated the flu. Did you know that? Yeah. The coronavirus solved heart disease. Did you know that? The <laughs> coronavirus solved lung diseases and death from cancer because now everybody dies. Anybody who coughs or sneezes has COVID. Mm. And, and that's simply not true. There's no data to support it. A healthy person with a PCR positive test, 97% false positive. Because you're expressing it. It's your own gene. And you're stressed. Every one of us is stressed. They took away our livelihood. They took away our life. Fear and anger from the mask. The most, the most immune suppressive thing there is, is fear and anger. Because the host, if it thinks it's going to die right away, it goes into shutdown mode. And it just turns on all those inflammatory cytokines. Inflammation, the heart of the word is flame. The mask is mm. like throwing a howitzer mm. on every disease process in your body. And, and if you get hit on a football field, that's a disease process. That's trauma. It's translated at the cellular level to turn on the wound healing. That's inflammation. That's the very things that are killing you. It's not the virus and everything. So the vaccines are deadly. They always have been. And everybody said, oh, that ended smallpox. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no. That ended polio. That ended. It did not end polio. And this is what we can all see. And I'll just reference the brilliant forward by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's been literally um, in in our book, Plague of Corruption. Um, He had been doing legal cases to say, uh uh, the polio vaccines were spreading polio, and you knew it, and you continue to do it. The Gardasil vaccine on the package insert, there's a lie that says they used a saline or a placebo controlled. Not one vaccine on the 21st century schedule has ever been tested in a double blind placebo controlled study, meaning saline. No, they use last year's vaccine. Oh, dead. And every year, those aborted fetal, there are three cell lines of aborted fetal tissues that have been there since 1962. And I heard Francis Collins, the head of the NIH say, oh, Christians, don't worry about that. We're not using aborted fetuses. They've been in our labs since 1962. Yeah, getting contaminated, being every other virus is growing them in their lab. We use antibiotics, we use antimycotics, 
meaning mycoplasma mold. We mm. treat all of those cell lines and then you put the virus in, you grow it up in a fermenter that looks like craft beer and you pull all the stuff together and you can't separate the cell from the virus. You can, but they won't do it because you won't get an immune response. And then, as you mentioned, they add a bit of mercury, a little heavy metal to cripple the macrophages so they can't do their Pac-Man thing. And so you cripple the immune system and then you inject away in a compromised person. A baby under three doesn't have a fully developed detox machine or immune system. And we, as we talked about, the elderly who, are, who have been exposed to a lot, the most vulnerable people, and they inject four times the amount of toxin. And what happens? Oh, the vaccine kills them. And you're told it's the disease killing them. And it hasn't been true. And it hasn't been true really since 1986, when all liability was removed from pharmaceutical companies, the government, doctors, anybody, by the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act, signed by then President Ronald Reagan, um, that removed, you know, forced out of fear. When the vaccines were being, especially the DTP shot, that's the diphtheria, tetanus, and polio, the, the, or I mean, sorry, pertussis, the diphtheria, um, tetanus, and pertussis. When now we use DTAP, and that means cellular yeah. pertussis. So mm. you take the cells, what they were doing is literally growing the pertussis, the, the virus in a, a bacteria, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. That. Um, and, and so they grow it in the cells and they just slam the cells against the centrifuge and inject everything. Well, it was a cellular debris causing the damage and, and lawyers were winning cases. There's an entire chapter of plague of corruption from about Mike Hugo, one of the, yeah. um, one of the attorneys who was winning the cases. And so you can also, your audience can see a movie called 1986, the act you can get it at 1986theact.com. And it talks about that Compensation Act and how it's been corrupted over the past 30 years, how every one of these events from anthrax to, you know, anthrax was tacked on to 911. And one of my colleagues, a scientist, was blamed for spreading that and he was killed and he didn't do it at all and we were there we knew um and um at Fort Detrick and and so it's it's really sad as you mentioned but this is this is why it's so important no there's nothing that's safe your doctor doesn't even know what the package insert is so right. what families should do is say no we're going to insist on a double blind placebo controlled study and we're going to you know insist that the national vaccine injury compensation act be repealed because nobody has responsibility for you if you're injured just like because of this emergency there's not an emergency because 99.8% of the people in the world you're calling cases are healthy people walking around. That's not an emergency. People are not dying. There are no more increased deaths this year. And all of them are dying from flu, cardiovascular disease, because the elderly, the sick people, the young, they're not getting their medical attention. They're not getting treated. They're being put in that mask and they're being killed by the mask. So every year, yes. Why, why does closing a restaurant? You're kidding me. So I'm outside eating in the cold. 
you know, oh, that's healthy, you know, <laughs> and your food's in the cold and it's exposed to pathogens. No, you cook it and you go inside and you eat and you have healthy, clean air. This is, so the vaccines, they haven't been double-blind placebo-controlled study. And in fact, for the first time ever, Paul, Dr. Paul Thomas and Dr. Jack Lyons-Weiler just published a study showing the vax versus unvax study. People have gotten nothing and they're healthier than everybody else. And this is all clearly described how the chickenpox virus actually um, doesn't work. And that's why shingles is going up. Mm. And so you just give them a shingles vaccine. Right, right. It shingles. It <laughs> activates the dormant viruses. So Bobby writes it all very well for your audience. Yeah. In- Forward. And he shows how every time a scientist or a doctor gets caught, catches the government, catches Tony Fauci lying, catches the same people have been involved since 1986. Robert Redfield, Deborah Burks, they experimented on the military with HIV vaccines and, and literally gave people HIV and, and, and killed them and destroyed their families with the with the. Um, cultural stigma of you got AIDS, you're gay, you know, and this is what they did to Magic Johnson. This is what they do, you know, to the black people and it's, it's, and, and Hispanics and people of color, you know, they're not, they're not injecting their own families. Bill Gates aren't vaccinated. You know, let's wait there in all these TV shows you've seen. Oh yeah. Tony Fauci, you know, you could see this, he does, and then he grabs the wrong arm. You know, the next day in a press concert, they're not vaccinating them; they're getting <laughs> a saline injection. You know, we're not, and 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 so really, you know, all all everybody, yeah, nobody should be expected to understand this level of complexity or what a right. chain reaction is. When the Nobel laureate who discovered the technology said it's not a diagnostic test, it right. does clinically diagnose a particle of a virus that we've been talking about. A fragment of a virus is not an infectious virus. A Mm. piece of DNA or RNA in your body is not an infectious virus. Never has been. 99% of the world has Epstein-Barr virus infection. Very few people get mononucleosis or Burkitt's lymphoma associated with that infection. Why? Because it's not the infection. It's the dysregulated immune response to that infection. Mm-hmm. And, and we understand how you, you, you just, you know, this, the simple matter of fact is that no vaccine, not one vaccine on that schedule does more good than harm. Mm-hmm. It's all risk, no benefit. And that's why they have to mandate the shot. That's why they have to lie. Because if we all are smart enough to simply say, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm going to take off the mask. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to breathe the air. I can look around and see it's stupid for me to ride my bicycle. And as you said, or walk down the sidewalk and, and put it up. That's not sterile. You know, we spend years learning what the right personal protective equipment is and how to wear it. Just like an athlete wears the right kind of helmet or the right kind of in a hockey, ice hockey player. You know, this is ridiculous to think that a a mask that's made for a sterile situation Mm. is sterile at all if you're touching your face. So you, you put bacteria on it. 
and you've crippled and you're breathing heavier. So you're breathing toxic fluoride, toxic pesticides in every one of the cotton masks. They come from China. Do you think China doesn't use Roundup and toxic pesticides? You think they're really trying to help us? Did you see the video of Wuhan where they're all celebrating millions of people? Why? Yeah, because they just they just bought them. They just bought America. They just they just destroyed the, the only <laughs> free democratic republic in the world. They they got they they shipped you know billions of dollars worth of toxic masks over here. They're not wearing them. They're not stupid, you know. And yet they mandate us. Why do they have to mandate it? Because people aren't stupid. And if we all got out there like we do in our church, God speak church here in Thousand Oaks. Thousands of people all through the summer. Not one is tested positive. Not one is sick. Thousands of people every Sunday. They're going right on today, but I'm not in town today. So this is if people wake up and realize, no, that's stupid. We didn't wear a mask with HIV. We didn't wear a mask with Ebola that spread through the air, the 2014 outbreak. Yeah. And that Tony Fauci stood next to them, President Obama. And what did he cover up? Oh, the MMR admission by the CDC. Oh, and let's bring that that um, doctor minister over here. He was doing a mission over there, a vaccine program. And oh, that Ebola virus that those black people just forgot how to live with. And, and they started forgetting how to cook their food, just like the seafood market. You know, are we that stupid as a people where, you know, we can see the emperor has no clothes? Mm. you know and everybody just tells us oh yeah oh yeah yeah you know just wear the mask and people spit hatred at me yeah. i was at the beach yesterday as you know we postponed this and they're like you're an idiot well, maybe an idiot but i'm not gonna kill myself they've been trying to kill me for a decade i'm not gonna wear a mask and kill myself not happening here <laughs> so, go ahead well it's been Educate yourself. That's why we talk. Go yeah. ahead, wear it. You know you feel sick in two two breaths. Yeah. You know, watch the highwire.com. Uh-huh. Last every Thursday at eleven o'clock Pacific time, you can text to the phone number three three two two two. Put that in the number box and in the message box of the text. Write I-C-A-N in all capital. And then go back and look. And every week you'll get a text saying it's Thursday at 11 o'clock. Here's the high wire and there's a link. Last week, Dell Bigtree um, showed the most censored talks from the high wire of this year. And one of them was a brilliant display of the toxicity of the masks. Mm. And, and, uh, and, you know, if you as a population, if we as a people, as a human race, give up our right to breathe air, <laughs> literally give up our right yeah. to breathe air, then you'll get, get injected with everything. So yeah. you're exactly right. This COVID vaccine, first ever, you're injecting only the pathogenic part. Doesn't stop, stop transmission, not a piece of data to say anything other than some of the people coughed twice as, as fewer times. That's what happens in pertussis. So you get the whooping cough vaccine mm. and you think you're protected and you're just spitting virus, but you don't cough. And what does that do? That that gives little kids. So the old elderly who are given the DTAP, oh, you have to do that. Right. To your grandchild. Yes. It literally 
putting their child at risk with, with pertussis and literally spreading whooping cough. And we know that the data supports it. So what does the government do? What do they do? They have financial interests. They have no responsibility, no liability for anything. So they just destroy our careers and destroy and censor the voice, censor the books. Why don't you let anybody see the mask book? It's not Judy Mikevitz talking. Just the data, we just describe science in a simple language that everybody can understand, just like plague of corruption, heavily, heavily censored. Why, why, do, you, why do you censor Dale Bigtree? Why do you take it off? Right. Of, why do you take us off of Twitter and everything else so that nobody can hear us? You know, I talk twice a day, every day, and everybody's, Judy, what you doing? You hiding? You know, because they censor it so fast. Don't expect this to last long, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'm going to do my best to make the wording difficult for all the, the algorithms and everything to catch it. So, But this is silly in the United States, and that should just be a wake-up call. Absolutely. Why are things being censored? And then I've posted things about that, and people go, oh, well, if it's not true, you shouldn't be allowed to talk about it. And I'm like, who are you to say what's true and what's not true? Is is every so everything coming out of CNN and NBC and Bill Gates and all those people? That's the truth, huh? That's the truth. You believe why is a billionaire techno mogul going on air doing all this all this PR about pu- public health and uh, economic strategy? Why why are we doing that? I'm just confused because. Why doesn't the billionaire technocrat just stick to, to computers and software? Why is he talking about we, shall, we all have to get a vaccine? I'm just, that to me is, is disturbing in its own right. Just the fact that we allow this person who really has no background, no expertise in this field, he's coming on telling us what we should and shouldn't be doing? Is anyone... Yep. That's confusing. I, I don't know. I, I'm, and, and he's making, you know, you we have the tape in plandemicseries.com. You can see him sitting there saying it was the best investment I ever made. You can yeah, see it in one wherein, you know, I get 10 times the return on every vaccine and he's not taxed at all. He's called a philanthropist. He's yeah, exactly right yeah you care about us you're just yeah. gonna kill us and you get all the money and you're the fear yours is the only family that has kids because this this mrna vaccine these covid19 vaccines will sterilize people mm-hmm. because you're 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 going after your very own syncytin is the fusion that allows your your uterus to hold the placenta what is that called syncytin say and, one and more I'll time send you a slideshow so you can see what that looks okay. like did but i'll send it again yeah um dr judy this is i mean this is so epic and uh i think we should we should just wrap it here as a part one and then this week we'll do a part two because i really want to talk to you about cannabis i want to talk to you about um i'd like to talk more about the mask issue just as far as exactly what why you shouldn't be wearing a mask but to end this one Right. I would love for you give give people action items of what they can do right now to start shifting this thing. Because whatever you want to say, whether it's it's malpractice, it's negligence, whether it's something more sinister, whether it's the idea that 
because uh, I had this epiphany on one of my walks. I love to go walking because it's it clears my mind and it gives me a lot of time to think. And I had this epiphany that anytime you bring something into the light, specifically around someone's protocol or practices, for instance, and, and this was specifically due to the, the medical system. Anytime you bring something into the light where you say, hey, this thing that you have been believing and prescribing because you think it helps so many people, it's actually hurting people more, people will automatically have a very resistant response to that because they'll say it will be almost inconceivable that something they've been doing in a, in a, in a sense of helping is actually hurting that can be very difficult for someone to admit and for someone to recognize. So whatever the, whatever's happening, I don't put it past these people that it's something very dark and sinister and, and disturbing. But that aside, what can people do right now? What are the action items as far as the questions they can ask, the steps they can take to protect themselves, to protect their family, to re-engage their livelihood to get themselves on track to have a great year and to really bring the light into this this society specifically in america well i I think the first thing right now is to uh, uh, number one first thing is always to educate yourself Mm. and and as we just discussed that's very difficult with censorship going on but uh, again, thehighwire.com, childrenshealthdefense.org, um, you know, our books, you can get the case against the mask if you order it from Barnes and Noble, plandemicseries.com, which is absolutely free. That educates you as to, you know, with many, many, many doctors saying what I'm saying freedomplatform.tv, Brian Rose, forward slash Willis, forward slash Martin. These are, these are talks where you can hear scientists, doctors um, talking about these issues. So the, the very first thing is any of us can do is educate ourselves. Um, the, the second thing, or an, and one very important source, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, for more than 20 years, far longer than I've been in this nightmarish game, my discoveries, I didn't realize the toxicity until 2011, um, when I was jailed for daring to tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, um, we need to talk about that, too, but that'll yeah, be part two. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny does a site called Vaxter, V-A-X-X-T-E-R.com. And she has literally a library of education. There's a book by me and, and, and it just educates on each individual shot. It's free, mostly free. You can go right there. You can educate yourself. You can look at the material data safety sheets. You can see what we're saying. There's a doctor called Neil Miller and Neil Miller has a book about all the clinical studies on vaccines. And it was published a few years ago. So up until, and it's just unbiased for and against. Now understand you're not going to see a lot of against. Because ever since liability was removed, 
the publications. Scientists like me, if we say a bad word about vaccines, it's all removed. Uh The important thing about my work is I didn't know in 2011 it was about a vaccine. Mm. I thought it was about a contaminated blood supply. Mm. And so when another colleague from HIV AIDS said the most likely way mouse tissues got into humans was vaccines, because we've been injecting them forever. So Mm. you were quite right when you said, hey, I thought... I thought on July 22nd, 2009, the invitation only meeting at the NIH where everybody gathered together and saw a bunch of publications about the XMRVs. We got a problem. This might be a real problem. I thought they were going to do the right thing and say, we made a mistake. We have to change and clean things up. But, but why didn't that happen? Because there's no liability. Nobody wanted to take responsibility. We know what HIV AIDS cost. Those drugs, those pre-exposure prophylactic drugs, Truvada, Genboy, all the antiretroviral drugs are given away to HIV positive people worldwide free. They cost $1,000. Look at the cost in economics to this society. If they admit they've done this damage, for the last 50 years because of this mouse tissue, that's a manufacturing defect. So in 2011, until the whole act was just, the, the, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Act was supposed to compensate the injury, admitting some people would be injured, we wouldn't know why. $4 billion the taxpayers have paid in injury since then. And in 2011, but when, it, when we showed the manufacturing defect, what's the manufacturing defect? Can't put animal tissue or aborted fetal tissue in any of them. So that manufacturing defect removes them from the liability-free status because the law says you must make them safer if you can. So what did they do in the last 10 years? Destroy all the knowledge, all the information. And here in COVID-19, they're calling it all COVID and they're cremating the bodies and, and it's the vaccine injured who will be injured first, who will die from the COVID-19 vaccine, including myself, the first responders, the lab workers, the nurses, the doctors, the athletes, mm. all of them. So educate yourself. There are many yep. sources. Have an open mind. It's your entire family. It's our life. It's our very yep. de- democratic republic. It's our very way of life. Mm. Because if you think you'll ever be free of the mandated mask shots and everything else are, you know, it won't happen. If you give up your right to breathe air Mm. without even thinking about the mask you did um, and what keeps your immune system strong, that's all we have to do. Magic Johnson's just fine. He does not, nor did he ever get AIDS. Yeah. That's a mind blower. Um, as far as taking a stand, standing in truth, I guess educating yourself is the first thing because education leads to empowerment. That's what's really happened for me. You know, I've been functioning mostly from a state of intuition and my own lifetime understanding of the physical body and my own health. And I've worked super hard to get myself healthy after really being physically, emotionally, and spiritually crippled coming out of my NFL career. 
you know, and I've put all of these, I use all of these practices to get myself out of that breath work, meditation, sound nutrition that works for my body, exercise, et cetera, getting plenty of sun and, and getting out into nature as much as possible, breathing deeply. Um, and so reading that, reading your book, Plague of Corruption has really filled me with a level of empowerment that is giving me the courage to stand firmer in my truth. I don't walk around outside with a mask on. I'm still, you know, everywhere you go, any store you go into, it says mass required, you know, and how do we, how do we navigate that as you come into this understanding of the deleterious effects of a mask? What can we do? I mean, for me, I like, I'll walk in with it on and then I just slide it down, you know, so that my nose is out, you know, and it's hilarious seeing the signs too, because it's so conditioning. It's so programming of they'll even have signs. Now it's like how, the right way to wear a mask. And then it'll show a person wearing the mask down around their chin and there's an X on it. And then there's a person wearing it with their nose exposed and there's an X on it. And it's like the big green check is with it covering your whole face. And I'm laughing my ass off because I'm thinking to myself, does anyone else just see how absurd this is? Are we not adults? Are we, we've been completely, uh, we've been just completely stripped of our dignity and our ability to think for ourselves. They want us just to do it this way, this way. And even billboards around LA are super disturbing. There's one with this group that I've liked for a long time, which is like passiton.org. And it's always been about hope and optimism. And, and this one sign that's in North Hollywood, it's a giant billboard on the street that I live off of on Magnolia Boulevard. It says, um, stay apart, pull together. And it's like a mother and a daughter across the, the thing. You know, and it's obviously suggesting that we all need to be as far away from each other as possible. And it's really disturbing to me, you know, because it all looks like, I mean, haven't we read George Orwell, 1984? Haven't we read Brave New World? Haven't we seen myriad examples from the great thinkers, the greatest philosophers, the greatest writers the world has ever known talking about warning us? of this, this, this line of events, this process of tyranny and dictatorship. It's all happened before. This is nothing new. This is just the new rendition is let's use this mechanism of COVID. Meanwhile, let's weaponize health, but let's politically weaponize health. And it's mind blowing to me that it seems like all of the, the left all of the left-leaning people are just so willing and so accepting of the lockdowns and the masks. And it's, you're a bad person if you don't. And all the, it's weird. I don't get it. I, because I'm a, I've grown up sort of a, a lifetime Democrat, I guess. You know, I've sort of believed in that whole ideology of my body, my choice. And yet the people who believe in my body, my choice are the people saying we have to mandate a vaccine. That's the only way out. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. It's, it's crazy. You know, so I guess my, my, 
one last solution would be, or, or maybe that's it. You know, I guess the education leads to empowerment. Well, and that's and every single person, you know, can walk outside, put on a big smile and say, did you yeah. hear COVID? No masks, <laughs> no shots and say no more and support. I was here in Carlsbad, you know, last night and there are restaurants that say peaceful protests you know, no mask, you know, just like, what have we always done? Said, it's your choice to smoke a cigarette. Here's your non-smoking area of the restaurant. Here's your smoking area. Well, wearing a mask is the same thing as smoking a cigarette to the vulnerable. Mm. So fine. I don't want to wear one. So have the staff that can't, you know, I have a disability. I can't breathe out of my nose. Mm -hmm. You know, and who are you? Why, why does some governor just like just like a technocrat decides medicine. Why does some governor, I've, I've had 40 years of personal protective equipment. I have an obstructive airway disease. I can't breathe out of my nose. Mm. I can't put it over my, don't tell me how to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Now there is a solution in the mask world because working with cancer and AIDS patients, they are more susceptible to infections. And there is a mask and I'll leave it. I can't say it on the air because the FDA will shut them down. So there are masks that I'll text you that that are um, safe and effective. They're actually made of silver and copper. And Mm -hmm. so those are anti-infective. So in high traffic areas, but but certainly, you know, never playing the sport. And and so we know how to protect the vulnerable and that's what we need to do. And the healthy need to keep their immune system. So I challenge everybody to go outside and and really think about it and really think Mm. about the worst of everything. When was the only ever time? I mean, and again, that's why I keep saying, that's why we did that long detailed where I've been in my career. Because never, not with HIV, not with Ebola, not with contagious strains of those things, of a a contagious cancer-causing virus, did human beings ever wear a mask? Because you don't compromise. God didn't make a face covering. Not good for you. Mm. Not that's not how God made us. Mm-hmm. We breathe air, we breathe out toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And so it, I challenge everybody just, you know, look around. The people wearing the masks are getting sick. The yeah. people wearing the masks are test positive. The people not wearing the masks aren't getting sick. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in that church is anybody getting sick. Wow. And, and spread joy and spread love and get exercise and make that. your immune system full. It was fabulous. I mean, we had a wonderful night celebrating the new year and nobody's sick. Nobody's yeah. ever sick. It's cold yeah. and flu season. So I might sniffle a bit. I was freezing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's all we can really do first is go test the waters. I love what that. Are you afraid of, you know, Winston yeah. Or, or Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The only yep. thing that fear is fear itself. Absolutely. And I, I use the Churchill line. They say I'm ugly, discredited, an idiot, drunk, crazy. All those things may be true, but I've never been disproven. And I never have I given you my opinion. It's always the data. My opinion is irrelevant. It's not about me. It's about the data. Mm. And that's what they don't want you to know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Judy. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. And we'll we'll do it again this week for part two. Sounds great. Because uh, I think there's so much more to talk about. I'm really excited to hear your your take on cannabis and its application 
just in boosting the immune system in general and how it can be used as a potential treatment for COVID or, or what the implications of that might be. Um, Absolutely. I'm doing that in a show on Saturday. I've done it. I did it all the way back in April. There are publications. It can be protective and I'll, I'll send you those slides ahead of time so we can focus our conversation. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, to everyone out there listening, thank you guys so much for your support. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. I greatly appreciate you as always. If this episode meant something to you, it resonated with you, please share it with your friends and family. Spread the word. We need to get this truth out there. It's vital right now. Literally, our, our country, our livelihood, our, you know, our health as individuals and our families literally depends on it right now. Spread light, spread love, spread joy. Lots of love to you guys. Thank you so much. And I'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.